making his own dad jokes on a regular basis. And if you think Gossip Girl is a worthy shit movie, then you're definitely in the wrong place because it doesn't even rank. Watch out for little ears. This podcast can contain strong language and, depending on the movie, adult themes. It may also contain movie spoilers if you're the kind of person who doesn't line up at midnight to see the first session. You can listen in via the website or wherever semi-decent podcasts can be accessed. If there's show notes, which will only appear if the soccer isn't on, they will appear on the website at thatshitmoviesquitegood.com. If we had sponsors, we'd make a big deal of them right here, even throw some confetti. We do have to thank Bombora Digital for the website and Kevin McLeod for the intro music. You can find their links in our show notes. If you want to be one, get in touch. Now onto the shitty movies. Here's your host, Graham Crow. Hi, and welcome to That Shit Movie's Quite Good. I'm your movie-loving host, Graham Crow. Joining me today is Uncle Phil across the table. How are you doing? Uh, I am alive. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of uh, the, of That Shit Movie's Quite Good. It is quite good. Uh, this is not a bad movie today. A little bit problematic. A little bit problematic, given the age of the film. Um, and some of the ideas about white people in Africa and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and, and uh, uh, the, the depiction of, uh, of, uh, of the gay uh, fraternity. Uh, are, you, are you saying that it may not have aged well? I think, like, as far as the action is concerned, it's aged r- perfectly well. But there are a couple of things in there where you kind of go, mm, that portrayal of that homosexual man is a little bit questionable <laughs> and maybe insulting <laughs> to the LGBT community. <laughs> Given how poorly we've aged, um, I would say that we are subject matter experts on on subjects n- not aging well. No, I know, I know. It's uh, well, I haven't aged that well. Uh, uh, well <laughs> <laughs> I have to say though, I did see this movie um, probably uh, around about when it first came out. I would have been about seven, taken to the mo- taken to see this movie as a seven year old. Right. Probably something that you wouldn't do with most seven year olds these days. Um, <laughs> to the cinema to see this film. <laughs> you saw this when you were seven years old. Yep, it was a family movie night down, <laughs> down, down at the. If you remember the old, ent- <laughs> the old Perth Entertainment Centre that they bulldozed the, uh, oh, as, the I, as I as I like to call it, the Jupiter Two, um, <laughs> <laughs> the twin cinema that they had. We went and saw it there as a family oh, night, as a no family movie one. night out in the uh, late seventies. Oh man. I can't um, there, there's some quite honestly, I would not take my children to see this film as a seven-year-old. Maybe, maybe a thirteen, but not you know, not not ten and below. There are some reasonably mature concepts in this movie. Absolutely, that, uh, and s- quite a lot of blood. Well, uh, there's a couple of squirters. Yeah, but you know, shoving someone's face into a bag full of cocaine and then watching them hemorrhage out. I, I, is there are some adult concepts there? There, there, there are, there are, there are. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Mum, why is that talcum powder killing that man? <laughs> I don't think I asked that question. <laughs> I was just there for the, the shooting. <laughs> funnily, enough, the funnily, funnily enough, the shooting for, of black people by white people. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, King, okay. Hello, King Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> It's um yeah okay yeah, yeah all right well let's def- let's def- not give too much away there's because def- there's there's definitely some colonialism uh, uh, things which probably don't fit into today's narrative uh, um, that are in this film 
No, there's a bit of um, uh, philosophizing uh, as well, which was a bit. Uh, Yes, I know that. It's a bitter pill to swallow. Uh, Not only that, I think, like, and I know the scene you're talking about, um, and we'll get into it later, but. I know that there were, I think there was more to that scene, to those, those particular scenes that they've edited out um, to, to obviously make the film more time friendly. Because um, it's still a, a movie that's over two hours long. Which for Sorry, uh, that's the rain if you can hear that. In the, in uh, the yeah, I thought, I actually thought that was, uh, we were on the flight path. <laughs> but, you know. Um, yeah, so the, 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 con- the concepts that, that of that particular conversation um, I believe were longer and wanted to be more fleshed out by the actors involved um, to make it sound a little bit more um, uh, a little bit more kind of realistic I guess and sincere the the sincerity to it and by chopping it it's kind of seemed a little glib Mm. in in the way that they did it but we'll get to that in a second before we get there, I've got the horror movie TV quiz. Um, <laughs> Rock on! So uh, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna throw some questions at you. Uh, we haven't played this one. We have. We played it over um, Zoom last time with with oh, Finny. Did we? Okay. We did. All right. When when Finny joined us last time, yeah. Um, he's he's not with us today. It's just the just the two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. <laughs> just oh, oh, sorry, I won't touch you. Oh, um, okay. It's too late. It <laughs> <laughs> put a, someone put a knife. I have on, decided you know. to move to Rhodesia and join a mercenary. Camp. I've 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 been watching Z Nation, and I believe that that is more t- more torturous than Z Nation. <laughs> <laughs> you're watching Z Nation. Yeah, you're, it's not, you're braver than I thought. It's not bad. I'll tell you what is a good show I've been watching, which is um, Black Summer, which is a prequel to Z Nation. No, is it? Yeah, and it's really good. It's, it's much um, much much better than Z Nation. So the two are related. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and actually, if you watch Z Nation in the first season, they um they make reference to Black Summer. Get out of town. And then Black Summer's they're making. I think they're making season three now. But the first two seasons of Black Summer are excellent. But Z Nation, uh, it goes a bit far fetched. A little bit. It's made by um the Asylum. You know the guys that made Titanic two, and um, Transmorphers and. All of those, uh, oh, Sharknado, and all of those, oh. kind of dodgy. and uh, and actually, there is also a reference to Sharknado in in Z Nation, because there's a um, there's a uh, uh, what is it a, a Znado? <laughs> no. Yeah, which is a tornado with zombies in it. All right, okay, maybe so I should watch this. It's actually okay. it's actually quite funny. It's like it's very tongue in cheek. Um, and certainly not as torturous to watch as The Walking Dead. No, th- my problem with Z Nation is is that when you ever see it pop up on, say, um, channels like Netflix or something, it'll have a promo picture, and all, I believe all those characters are dead. Uh, there's quite a few of them that like didn't make it through season one and two. Uh, yeah, but they're still on the promo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a and like, uh, what, what? I think I think like half of half of the people in the promo are probably still alive in season three. Right. Okay. So. Okay. But you know. Oh, okay. I, I think I have muscled through the first season of Z Nation, but mm. I, you've got to keep. It, you've, it's you've, been a while. You've, you've kind of got to stick with it. You got to get through that first season and into season two, and then it's kind of like. Um, 
a bike with no brakes <laughs> going down a very steep hill. <laughs> it's like a can of dog food. Once you take the first, first mouthful, you, you're really committed at that stage. Well, you know, when you haven't got much food and you're locked down for however long, you know, dog food looks quite good at that it point. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's all right. It's chum, so chumpy you can carve it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready for the quiz? All right, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. Okay, so this one's an easy one. The Walking Dead is based on a comic book series of the same name, created by who? Is it A, Robert Kirkman, uh, Frank Darabont, or Gerard Way? Um, oh, you would think I would know this, but clearly I don't. I'm going to go with Darabont. Frank Darabont, I think he's a director. Okay, um, when you say it like that, it doesn't bode well for me, does it? No, so it's Robert Kirkman. Ah, oh, crap. Okay. The concept of the 2012 movie Sinister was conceived following a bad dream. One of the writers had... Oh, God, I'm starting to sound like a robot. So the, <laughs> let, let us do that again. Uh, either that or I'm looking, sounding like I can't actually read. You need your special bifocals. I think I might have gone to Steiner. <laughs> Wavy lines, curvy lines, can't read, can't do maths. Um, <laughs> but expected to make my way in the uh, world. Well, we're going to disparage everyone in this podcast, well, folks. You know Steiner was a Nazi, but, you know, that's just the way it was. Well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bad your expertise. You, on you're, that. Only, you're only you're only allowed in that school if you're a six foot and blonde, and <laughs> and German. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, I'm gonna get calls. <laughs> I'm gonna get lots of texts <laughs> yeah. and emails yeah. from yeah. people who hate me. Your um your Republican friends are gonna, you know from the far right are gonna get you calling. Uh, yeah, well, you're gonna start getting followers from the yeah. As anyway, long, as long as it's not the religious right running our country at the moment. <laughs> um, the concept of the 2012 movie Sinister was conceived following a bad dream one of the writers had after watching which cult horror movie? Psycho, Nightmare on Elm Street, or The Ring? You're gonna hate me. I haven't actually seen Sinister. Neither have I. Uh, I've been watching a lot of horror movies with Lily, my uh, my <laughs> daughter. <laughs> She's uh, <laughs> and we, so we're going through a horror renaissance at the moment, and um, and we haven't watched Sinister. I'm going to say The Ring. Ding! <laughs> You're right. Oh, nailed it, folks. Okay. In the classic Doctor Who story, Planet of Spiders, we're going back to the 70s here, funnily enough, very much like the, the film of today. Um, the scary giant alien critters gain control of people in what way? By jumping on their faces? <laughs> Different. Yeah. In, by jumping on their backs or by jumping on their beds, which is a completely different movie if you have red tube. Uh, so, faces? What was the second one? Jumping on their backs. Backs. Or oh. jumping on their beds, like, gonna, like in Pornhub. I'm going to say backs. You're very right. Oh, you're doing it good today. I'm nailing. What type of creature abducts Will in Stranger Things? Is it a gargoyle? Have you been watching Stranger Things? I haven't watched Stranger Things since season one. A gargoyle, what? a hobgoblin, um, or a, a demigorgon? A, a, 
a demigorgon. A demigorgon. Uh, sorry, a demogorgon. Demogorgon. Yes, you've yes. got that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, fr- we can't be friends if you haven't watched season two and season three. Uh, I probably need to get back into it. I, you are a shame. You are. You are a. You're a hot mess. That's what you are. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. Shall we? Shall we turn off and go home? Then? All right. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. is late. <laughs> I'm pretty. Fucking, you, I'm pretty you, fucking tired anyway. You've got to go back to the home. You yeah. want to? You got to go back and binge watch some Stranger Things. I, I will do. I'll I'll revisit it. Revisit it. Just like I have to. I haven't revisited season eight of Game of Thrones. I haven't even watched it yet. I've watched up to season seven. Haven't watched season eight because I, I I own it, but apparently it was disappointing, so I haven't watched it. You are. You're just the shittest. I know. I know. I know. Right. I did, however, buy um, uh, a a copy of uh, the new of the that uh, what is it martial arts film with the the one that just just came out the oh. Spy Kids. Nah, not Spy Kids. <laughs> what? Oh, I've bloody forgotten it now. <laughs> you know the one with Sub Zero and all of oh, that. Oh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> right. I own I own it, but I can't remember what it's called. Um. No, Fight Club? No, I... I yeah, Fight Club. It's not my bag. Anyway. I, well, it was rated R. So Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. It was rated R. Yeah. I thought I'd show Huey. You know, he's nine now. It's okay. He's, he's nine. <laughs> it's yeah, rated it's R. It's not like you can take him to go see the wild geese. He's past that. He's past his prime. Oh, dear. True or false? <laughs> David Arquette stars as Ghostface in the 1996 film Scream. True or false? David Arquette. You know, Rosanna's. N- no, no. Um, David Arquette. False. It's very false, yes. He was in it, but he wasn't. Okay, okay, I'm going to give you the last one. Uh, the original 1978 Australian horror movie, Long Weekend, features a seemingly living dead what? A dugong, a kangaroo, or a shark? That must be a really fucking weird movie. <laughs> I'm gonna I, look. I'm just gonna say it because dugong is just crazy ass. It's 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 the craziest idea. A living dead dugong. Yeah. Okay, um, that is fucking weird. That is incredible. Never mind. And that is the horror movie quiz. Ding ding. What was the score? Ah, oh, fuck if I know. Who cares? <laughs> 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 Honestly, who cares? Who? Absolutely I got, I got cares. A living dead dugong. So come on, I gotta get bonus points. I'll give you bonus points for that. I'll give you five. Yes. I'm not sure you scored five, but I'll give you five anyway. <laughs> okay. So today's movie is the classic action movie, classic action British action movie, The Wild Geese. Now, um, basically, we'll start off with the intro here because I've, I've got a bit of an intro. Um, Africa, 1968. A Dakota lands on an airstrip in Rhodesia with the remnants of a mercenary force and a dead African president on board. Author and journalist Daniel Carney heard the rumour of this landing and wrote a novel called The Thin White Line, which wasn't published. Um, telling the story, his book would later be retitled and made into the movie in 1978, The Wild Geese. This film, directed by Andrew V. McLaughlin, who is one of those, um, if you look at his... Um, filmography he's made some interesting films like westerns and war movies um 
He made uh, The Devil's Brigade, uh, Chisholm, which is a John Wayne Western, um, The Undefeated, which is another Western, problematic Western, I have to say, because <laughs> uh, it deals with um, uh, the South. Right. Um, and after the war and the, the, uh, the southern, this group of southern soldiers and their families who are heading for a new life in Mexico. Right. Um, Maybe they just like spicy food. A little bit problematic still. Well, funnily enough, I, bef- before we go, kind of go any further, um, there's, a, there's, a st- a sta- <laughs> there's, a, there's a state in Brazil. I don't know where this is going, there's folks. This, this, is, this is, could go anywhere. This is just... Grip your seats. Hang on to your seats. There's a state in Brazil that accepted uh, American, uh, uh, southern United States or Confederate troops um, after the war. Took them in, basically, about 60,000. Do you know know what it's called? I think it's called Americana in in Brazil. And to this day, they still celebrate um, the Confederacy. They have like a Confederacy Day in this state. Good gosh. Because... uh, because they went there because Brazil still had uh, slaves yeah. until um, the end of the 1800s. And um, so they went there and they still, se- to this day, the, 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 the relatives and the, uh, the, the spawn of these uh, uh, Confederate soldiers. Sp- <laughs> I, gotta, I have to say spawn, spawn. because you, yeah. can't, you, can't really, you can't really respect them when they still celebrate the Confederacy. Well, you know, they, you know, they so run... They they dress up in their grey battle uniforms. They have the battle flag and they celebrate the day in this Brazilian state. They they don't have um, a governor. They have um, they have Boss Hog, Roscoe Pico Train. Roscoe Pico Train. Anyway, this film this film directed by uh, Andrew V. McLaughlin uh, would use uh, a man called uh, a man by the name of Colonel Mike Hoare, who was a who was a uh, British soldier. Uh, during the Second World War, and went on to become a mercenary in Africa and fight uh, in the uh, in the uh, Congo during the uh, Congo Crisis mm-hmm. uh, with his uh, with his own army uh, under the moniker of Five Commando, um, and he would uh, go on to be the military advisor in this uh, particular uh, film. Mike Hall uh, spent time in in prison trying to overthrow the Seychelles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> during, hey, during the 60s. Hey, um, we all have a hobby, right? Ah, uh, dear. Don't judge. Okay, where am I at? Um, his force is also known as the wild geese at yeah, as well. Um, <laughs> and did you know that actually, funnily enough, the wild geese uh, is a, a term given to uh, Irish troops that were recruited by European armies during the uh, seven, 17 and 1800s. Ah, uh, right, the um, 17th century, right. Yeah, the vol- mercenaries that were recruited who fought, fought, in, fought in like the Napoleonic Wars and what have you for the French. That is really cool. Um, so, oh, which I've already killed. Oh, um, ooh. Are you up to date? Yeah, I am up to date. Um, uh, basically, until they were brought into the British Army um, as, a, as, you know, like the Irish Guards and things like that. Yeah. Um, so eventually, the the British the, they the became the Brit- more they adopted. Well, Ireland would be Northern Ireland would become part of Britain, and yeah. um, the Irish forces would become part of uh, the British army. But until that time, they'd actually fought uh, against the British in uh, in Europe mm. uh, and for other cu- other countries during that time. Um, and funnily enough, this film also the guy who plays Tosh in this movie um, he has a, a short uh, snubbed SLR. Yeah. Um, 
big moustache, SAS Beret, um, is a guy called Ian Ewell, who actually fought under uh, Colonel Mike Hall during the Congo crisis. Oh, okay. So oh, he's so he, right. So he so is he actually rigid he, he's a rigid edge mercenary. Wow. Um, so we'll um, so now that I've completely thrown my intro totally out all over the place. Um, <laughs> will Tosh make it out? Uh, <laughs> can there be morals amongst mercenaries? I don't know. Find is out now. Is there enough money? As we refer, as we refer and review The Wild Geese. The Wild Geese. Oh my gosh. So, basically this film opens with a, um, a uh, filming of the now defunct Concorde landing at Heathrow Airport. Um, and uh, there's a man meets uh, Colonel Faulkner, played by Richard Burton, the great Welsh actor. Um, and basically he's, he says to him, you know, oh, it would be wise for immigration not to know that you've entered the country. Because <laughs> he's, he's a merc. <laughs> hey, you know, um, uh, look, it pays well. Um, I don't know if it's got free medical and dental, but um, yeah. So so he 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 gets um, told by this man that picks him up that uh, Sir Edward Matheson is waiting for him. Um, Sir, the merchant banker. Yes, he th- he makes reference to that as well as in merchant banking, and uh, uh, to which he gets the affirmative response, and uh, they head off to meet Sir Edward Matheson. You know, some things don't change. You, you see um, in a lot of modern movies that um, uh, that the the bad guy is is mo- he's either a banker or he's attached to some large corporation. And, oh no! Uh, and uh, yeah, so it 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 definitely is a theme that lingers in future movie movies. Yeah, and and uh, I th- I th- well, and. Uh, it's quite um, apt in this particular movie, considering that they're, they're going to be dealing with Africa and uh, well the white man rape of that country. Yep. Or yep. continent, I should say, not country. But yeah, uh, you know, Africa has basically been the uh, been the uh, the land of spoils for the white for for white uh, Europeans for centuries. Oh look, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty deep, but you know, you're probably not wrong there, mate. Um, Look at uh, look at Sir Cecil Rhodes, who uh, owned, who uh, started the beers. Oh, yeah, it, look, it's pretty cons- uh, uh, um, And named a country after himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vain much? <laughs> uh, absolutely. But so uh, so um, Faulkner meets a gentleman, a whitehead gentleman, at the door of uh, Sir Edward Matheson's uh, uh, pad. Uh, by the name of Balfour, he's like a fixer. Yes. Uh, for 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 Sir Edward for Sir Edward Matheson. So basically, anything that um, he, he anything procures that things. Anything, yes, he's a yeah, he's a fixer. He's a a, procru- a proc- I can't even say a that. Procurement word. expert. Procurement uh, expert. Yes. yes. Um, so it's like an early t- <laughs> Tinder app. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they, so they, so he takes him in and meets Sir Edward Matheson. Math, Sir Edward Matheson offers him a whiskey. He, yep. uh, yeah, he no, he's played by Stuart Granger. Now we we know Stuart Granger from lots of movies, don't we? Uh, King Solomon's Mines. Yeah, he's um, he's been in a few westerns as well, hasn't he? 
Um, he's got that look. No, I don't think he's been in westerns, but he's been in like lots of English adventure movies and things like that. Yeah. Well, he, he's actually in... Uh, okay, so he's English. Right. He's, cool. a, he's an English actor, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, so they meet. Uh, so he meets uh, meets uh, Sir, Sir Edward and uh, offered whiskey. He skulls well, one uh, down. Uh, we should say who um, uh, Faulkner is. It's Richard Burton. I said that earlier. Oh, did you? I did. Yes. Oh, sorry. I, you I, weren't listening. I, I was asleep, folks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Wait out when we get to scene three, because that's the really interesting that, part. That no. would have been my intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. The intro. Yep. Wake up! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, yes, yeah, so, so, oh shit, my train of thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he Matheson uh, uh, lays out the uh, the operation for him, what he wants to do. Uh, there's a president, uh, President Limbani, who uh, uh, who uh, Faulkner was meant to pick up a, a few years earlier, but uh, he was taken um, and believed killed. Uh, is alive. So th this was a, an operation that Faulkner was originally involved with, and yep. it went it went to south. Up. It went okay. Uh, yeah. So I actually stopped this and replayed it a couple of times because um, I thought it was quite important to get an idea of um, how uh, Limbani and Faulkner had crossed. Yeah, well, paths yeah, they, they he was he was well. I don't think they'd actually crossed paths. He was supposed to pick him up or, yeah. or meet him, and he failed to. He failed to turn Limbani up. Limbani was captured, and he'd been in jail ever since. Yeah, but uh, everyone believed he was dead. Right. So, um, so now the uh, uh, the uh, president Endofa, who's the military president running the country that the yeah. that he's currently in, Limbani's country, um, has threatened to release Limbani. Um, and uh, set the world on fire, basically, or set Africa on fire. Yeah. Um, and what Matheson hasn't... Uh, uh, he's, he's basically alluded to having certain investments within the country, um, but <laughs> not actually laid it out <laughs> as yet. Um, but he wants, he wants uh, Faulkner to put a team together, to go in, uh, put a plan together, to rescue uh, Limbani before... Endofer gets his hand, uh, can get his hands on him and do nasty things. Right, right. Um, so uh, Math Matheson uh, Faulkner basically says to him, you know, I can do the job. Um, I'll send you my account, and you you can pay me half now, half when the mission is done. Yeah, and uh, it'll be all good. And uh, Matheson basically says to him, you know, I oh. I hope you don't think you're worth too much. Well, and yep. Faulkner just says, "I don't negotiate. I get what I want, <laughs> and I'm clean when I work." Uh, which there, there are some pretty good lines. He, he says, "I'm clean when I work." Which going back, going back to the drinking the whiskey, he skulls a, f a massive glass of whiskey and then says, "Another, please." <laughs> so clearly, he's is an it, alcoholic. Isn't he contracted that if he was to die, then his liver has to be buried in a separate coven with military honors. Or with military honors, oh, you have to admit that is a pretty cool line. So yes, he's um, he is he's a functioning alcoholic, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Balfour and uh, he, he uh, Matheson says Balfour will, you know, get you what you need. Um, they they don't seem terribly fond of each other. Oh no, they're not very friendly to each other at all. And I think it's just a um, 
a relationship of convenience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think um, Matheson likes Faulkner at all. No, no. No. I no. think they're both they're, very he, similar. Yeah, he's um, he's very dismissive of uh, Faulkner, which. Um, but they're as ruthless as each other. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, well, they're basically the, s- the two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. Really. I think uh, to to um, Matheson, Faulkner is is just a simple tool. You know, there, there's no affection there. So, and tools are, are used, and then disposed of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. So. So Belf- Balfour and Faulkner exit the building, and uh, he says, "Well, what do you need?" And he says, "Well, first of all, I need you to find two people." Uh, the first one is Rafa Janders, played by Richard Harris, um, and Balfour knows him. Tall man, glasses, cigarette holder. That's how he describes him. <laughs> it's like could be, like could, could, be any, could be anyone in London. Anyone in in central London. And and another man, Sean Finn, who he says that could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because he knows Sean Finn. Sean Finn's a bit of a bit of a player. Yeah, played by Roger Moore. And um, so he um, bit of a ladies' man. He they meet later at a restaurant, and he gives him the details of Rafa Janda's address. Um, and then he says, "Oh, you know, there's a problem, you know, with with finding Sean Finn." And he says, "You need to find him." And he says, "Well, why do you need to find him?" And he says, "Well, a he can fly any plane you care to name." And B, I haven't got a lot of friends left. <laughs> well, not in that line of work. And he's not young. No, no, he's, he's definitely, you know. You know, he, there's, he's a silverback. He's got lots of silver in his hair. Well, I think they were all like in their late 40s when they made this film. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 yeah, uh, look, you're, you're right. They, uh and, and, I think, and I think they're playing their age as well. Like they're not, they're not trying to play younger people. They're playing old worn out killers yeah yeah people, old worn out soldiers who get paid to kill people and this is almost like one last job yeah sort of thing. yeah so there's a there's a there's a party happening um in london somewhere and uh young young old sean uh roger moore one of my favorite ca- one of my favorite actors names roger moore <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't he just <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, oh man, <laughs> man, oh man! So you, he, uh, yeah, yeah. He he turns up to this swinging party, seventies party, um, and uh, the the uh, the the help takes him upstairs to the uh, to the bedroom of of the the boss of the the operation or the boss of the party, head of the party, mm. which is a uh, young gentleman who uh, has got a couple of young ladies, and he's about to. Um. Play cards? Play cards. Strip poker. (laughs) Strip poker. (laughs) Or poker. Spoons. Have you ever played spoons? It's a card game. Yeah, no. It's fairly innocent. It's not. You do do know this. I know, but it's also a double entendre. But but hey. I was about to say you do know that that, that (laughs) spooning leads to forking. (laughs) <laughs> That's a really bad dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, he, he uh, basically 
Sean goes into depth about how he didn't realise he was pushing drugs. He didn't realise it was a, a drug drop. Um, and uh, uh, for the uh, drug dealer's penance, he's got to eat a whole bag of... Yeah, Roger Moore. He does not take kindly about... Um, pushing drugs. Well, it, so he obviously had done a favour for this, for this young man... Uh, to raise some money. Roger Moore doesn't seem like the kind of guy who um, has a lot of long-term high-yield investments. No, no. I think he kind of lives day-to-day and obviously uses whatever money he earns as uh, playtime money. Uh, Hence the bag of... Heroin. Heroin. Um, So he he makes the, the the young drug dealer... Eat an entire bag of heroin, and then whilst whilst he's eating the heroin, he informs him that it's got strychnine in it. Oh, dearie! Um, don't worry about a stomach pump. <laughs> you're you're not going to need it. You're not going to need it. Yeah. So we 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 jump to Rafer's house, uh, and uh, there's an annoying child at the door. <sighs> oh my God! Why? Like, was there any need? It certainly plumbed the depths. <laughs> that that kid was. Uh, you just wanted to smack that kid. I know, I know. And he's um he's howling because uh, Rafer has uh, offered him uh, a trip skiing in the Alps. Yes. During the school holidays. And um, the Christmas holidays. Decides, and he wasn't going to break his heart. But then, well, what, what got him across the line? I well. He sits down and he says, oh, you know, uh, Limbani's alive and Rafer's like, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, sorry, that's my Richard Burton impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. You do care. <laughs> Richard Harris. <laughs> Hang on, wasn't he the original um, uh, Dumbledore? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I believe he Harry was. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. So he says, Limbani's alive. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do care. Because I'm a Shakespearean actor. <laughs> Gryffindor. So, so he says, look, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not interested in... He says, I'm not interested... <laughs> I'm not interested in the... Mu- I'm not interested in the mission. I'll get Harry to do it. <laughs> in between let's, Quidditch matches. Let's figure out what the hat says. <laughs> the hat says no. The hat says Slytherin. <laughs> So he says, look, look, I, I'm not going to take your, your holiday away from your child, but show me how to get into this place. Right. So, and that's what kind of gets him over the line. Okay, okay. Ah, and then he agrees to do it because there isn't, um, the, there's, the dates don't clash. Yeah, the he dates. Can still the go on, he can still do the mission mm. um, and go on his holiday with his young son. Yes, who's, um, who's in some sort of, Private school, yeah, or yeah, public school as they are in England. Ah, uh, dear, pardon me. So, um, oh, so he's got he's got uh, he's got Rafer, and um, but he hasn't got Sean. The the mobs put a hit out on him. Yes, and so uh, he basically says, you know, get it lifted. Who's got more pull? The mobs or? Sir Edward Matheson and Balfour's like, well, that doesn't even compute. <laughs> you know, Matheson's got 
He's, all the pull in the world. Yeah, exactly. So he says, we'll he get it lifted. He's seriously connected, that dude. And then he's like, well, where are you going? He's going, well, we're off to find Sean. Yeah. You know, so they head off to all of the all of the places that Sean's, a list of ladies that Paul's, that Sean's been to. <laughs> and there's a, a number of them. <laughs> and all, all of them have gangster cars out the front. <laughs> London, oh, London, right. London gangsters out the front waiting for him to come Wait, out. Waiting for... Uh, Lieutenant Sean Finn. So they try. So they try a um, a, kiss, a little casino, uh, and uh, there are a couple of drunk old men pretending to be drunk old men. Literally drunk old men pretending to be drunk. <laughs> <old> men. <laughs> yeah, and wealthy drunk old men. And this is where it starts to get problematic because the the the, the treatment of women in this film is a little bit questionable. Uh, it, it's tad on the dated side. Yeah, very, 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 very nineteen seventies. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're, oh, she's got Heather's chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I mean? They're like, they're just like no, sexualizing no. the women in this. Oh, movie. okay. Yes. Like totally, you know, identifying the ladies by their breast size, which is, you know. And, I know, on, and I know they're just kind of like trying to play two drunk old men, but it's a little, you know, uh, yeah. a little bit on the uh, side. Yeah, you know, so I was a little bit concerned when you said, you know, are we going to do the wild geese? Yeah, it's going to be great. And then, um, and then you watch it, and you're like, whoa, holy smokes! I still, I still believe this is a a once a year movie. Uh, once what? You got to want to watch it at least once a year. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's great. It's, three, it's only three hundred and sixty-five days in a year. I you're going to blow it. <laughs> Gonna blow a day a year. Gonna, gonna blow two hours watching well, this it, You know, it's that that um, aged dementia kicking in. Mm. So, so they um the, they find out that uh, they find Heather, who he's been knocking about with, um, and she, uh, they they convince her that they're his friend, they're his friends, and she tells them she she's working one of the tables. Yeah, she? she's yeah. a she's a croupier on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they um, they go upstairs to the room that Sean's in. Um, the door the door opens up and he's like Alan, and he's like lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> and then the door opens again and he's like Rafer, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's just getting all of the insults all of the time. You know. Yeah, because he's a bit of you know because he's, he's yeah, a bit he's irresponsible. fast and loose, old Jamal. Oh, he is totally. So the gang, the gangsters turn up to the uh, the the the, ca- the the casino, and they um, they've been told where he is. So they're going upstairs. And no, no, the girl she gets she gets beaten up. She gets beaten up, mm. but so. she doesn't she doesn't give away the room that they're actually in. She gives them the wrong room. Yeah. Um, and uh, 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 Faulkner says to to uh, Rafer, um, so what have you got? And he goes, well, I've got. A gun in this hand pocket and a grenade in this pocket. Kind of balances me out. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, op- they, 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 they hit the wrong room and they, they realise they've hit the wrong room. So he pulls the pin and punches through the door. The doors mustn't be very thin. I know. There must be that like cardboard uh-huh. sealed doors. You know, <laughs> the, you know, like the ones it's a movie prop inter- door. Well, it's an inter- movie prop door. Even those internal doors are hard to punch through. Yeah. But no, it is a front door because it's an apartment. Uh, no, it's, it's in. It's a room upstairs. Okay. It might be a solid door, but like quite thin. 
He's just a man mountain. He but just punches through. He things. punches through the door, drops the grenade, and then takes cover whilst it <laughs> blows, well, up blows up, killing quite a well, number of the yeah, of, of the local uh, mafia fathers' uh, men. Don't they all? At which point, there's a yell up the stairs saying, "Come on, the contract's been lifted." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they uh, off they go. They they get out of there. Um, so we we go um, we go to uh, a meet a planning of the meeting now. They've got a, a planning meeting. They have to get approval by some government uh, official, um, some mysterious government official. We don't know what department he's from. Mm. Um, and uh, he uh, they they run through the plan, mm. um, and he keeps butting in. Faulkner. No, the, the official keeps butting in every time. Oh, right. Like he says, you know, oh, we're jumping at thirty. We're jumping from twenty thousand feet from a Hercules with, and he says, you'll be using oxygen. He goes, yes. <laughs> twenty thousand feet. <laughs> he's trying to justify his own. And then you know, and 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 then they explain that they're going to hit the camp, um, killing the guards on the towers, and then cyaniding the uh, the sleeping soldiers in their beds. Yeah. Killing all of them, and there's about two hundred people in that two hundred soldiers in that camp. It's pretty grim, and they're folks. They're basically planning to murder everybody in that camp except for Limbani. Uh, yeah, murder, euthanize, yeah, mm. you know. So he he. Um, but they're he not nice people. No, folks. well, they're not nice people. They're mercenaries. Um, so he um, he gives a gives the approval, and. Um, and then says the mission's been brought forward. Mm. Now uh, this becomes a problem. Uh, this becomes a problem because Rafer can no longer take his child on a Christmas on a, holiday, on a Christmas holiday. Yeah, um, and he's got to give him the bad news, mm. basically, um, and he's not too happy about it. <laughs> no, no, uh, but you know what? He um, toes the party line. And the boy's not very happy about spending Christmas with the headmaster either, but well, you know, there's you not know. much you can do. Yeah, yeah. He's going to. Everyone else is going home for Christmas, and he's staying at school. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, there is some similarity between this and um, uh, maybe this is where the the whole concept of Harry Potter came from. <laughs> you know, did the boy live in, under a staircase? <laughs> I don't know. I've got a feeling that the headmaster made him sleep there. Uh, right. <laughs> We haven't got any beds. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to sleep under the staircase. Sleep under the stairs. Uh, so Faulkner heads off to meet someone who can uh, can help him out with training the men. Um, yeah. That's uh, Sandy. Uh, Sandy Young. Played by Jack Watson, who has uh, been a character actor. in A, char ca character. a character actor. Yeah. A character actor in quite a number of uh, English movies, and he's actually in another Andrew V. McLaughlin, two Andrew V. McLaughlin movies. He's in The Devil's Brigade, which, ah, is, which was made yes. in the late sixties, yep. and he's also in a film they made later, based on a true story, <laughs> similar to this, based on a true story, um, or this is based on a rumor, which could be true, could be not true. Um, but the story that is based on is a film called, uh, uh, it's a story called The Boarding Party. And it's uh, the Sea Wolves. Oh, okay. Which is I, a true story. You know, I don't know if I've seen this movie. It's a, it was made in like 1980, and it's a story. Uh, it was after official secrets were released in the 70s. It, it was turned out that uh, 
British Special Operations in India had uh, recruited uh, ex-soldiers, aged ex-soldiers from the the, uh, Calcutta Light Horse to enter the neutral port of Goa and sink three German uh, ships that were sending uh, transmissions to U-boats in the Indian Ocean to sink shipping. Wow. And it's actually based on a true story. Cool. And Jack Watson's in that. Okay. Um, okay. So he plays he plays Sandy. He's um, he's uh, cutting the roses. His wife opens the door and he says, <laughs> "Look who it is, love!" And she goes, "I don't ever want to see him again. You know, I wish <laughs> I'd I never don't saw care him." For him you know. uh, so there's he's no love. No, there. San- Sandy's very enamoured with uh, Colonel Faulkner, and I think he's been in the shit with him quite a bit. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, it builds that sort of uh, brotherly war bond between yeah. between between soldiers. Um, except the wife isn't very happy because... No, no. Um, but uh, I will say it is a lovely rose garden. Mm. And he says to him, you know, how would you like to whip 50 men into shape? And he said, you know, I'd love to. Um, and, you know, it pays well. And I uh, and he's basically telling Sandy in not in a roundabout sort of way that it's just the training that he's doing. He's He'll be able to train the men and then come home with his money and re- enjoy his retirement. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, "I'll, I'll square it with the, with the wife." He'll square it with the wife later. I'm sure there'll be some, some tears, there'll be some crying, but it'll be okay. <laughs> um, Peter meets uh, 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 Sean in the pub, mm. um, and well, Peter's a South African man who's uh, living in London. He's Peter. How do you pronounce Kurtz, his name? Peter Kurtzer. Kurt. Curtsy. Curtsy? Curtsy, I think it is, yeah. Oh, yeah, Peter okay. Um, uh, played by Hardy, German actor Hardy Kruger. Yeah. He's quite famous, this dude. He's Hardy, he was in an Australian film called uh, Bluefin. Mm, not sure. About uh, uh, bluefin fishing. Yep. Um, yeah, back in the 80s or 70s, 70s or 80s. Okay. Um, but he's a very famous German actor. He was also in... Um, uh, uh, well, he was in um, Hatari. Hatari. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, now, that was a John Wayne film, wasn't mm, it? A Bridge Too Far. Yeah. Flight of the Phoenix, the original the Flight the of the original Phoenix. The original Flight of the Phoenix, Which yeah. was pretty awesome. Uh, Jane, uh, was it uh, Jimmy Stewart was in that one? Um, I think it was in the Battle of... Oh, I can't remember. Oh, he's been in a lot of movies. He's been... He's, he's, been pretty, he's pretty cool. He's a, he's a pretty, pretty cool actor, and... Um, Still alive. I think he's the only one of these that's actually still alive. Wow. He's like 92 or something now. Gosh. So he's in it, and he's a down on his luck of South African living in London who's um, short of a bit of money. And uh, uh, he, he says to Sean, you know, all I need is some money. And he says, well, that could, you could, be, could be interesting. And, I, you know, and I, I just want some money to start a farm. And he's like, and... It's in Africa, the job that I'm looking for. <laughs> so he kind of ropes him in as well. Um, and now he's South African, isn't he? He's uh, South African, yeah. yeah well, yeah. in the film, he's South African. Yeah. Yes, he, he's, yeah, he's a, playing he's a South he's African he's character. Yeah, he's a... Um, Former soldier in... In the um, security forces in South Africa. Yeah, okay. Um, and also a Boer. Right, right. So So it's he's of like Germanic... Uh, South African descent as yeah. opposed to English South African descent. Okay. Because there's kind of a difference. There's uh, slightly less racism in the English side. <laughs> only, 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 only ever so slightly. So. 
if we're yeah. if we're if we're grading on a curve, it would be like maybe one or two percent. But why don't you look? It's all bad. It's all bad either way. It's all bad. It's all bad either way. Um, this was actually filmed in South Africa as well, believe it. Yeah, yeah, um, I did. I did know that. Um, yeah. which was interesting. Um, mm. so that was that was good. So we have the recruiting office then, and we ha- we get to meet some of the residual characters that are joining the forces. Mm. Um, we meet Tosh, played by Ian Yule. Jesse, yes. the um, the young uh, black uh, Jamaican man or West Indian man who's uh, um, needs some money, and he asks if he can have an advance because he he's got a big afro on his head, and he says he's got a lady barber <laughs> that charges by the inch, <laughs> which was quite funny. Well, well look. Um, yeah, uh, we meet Jock, who is a slightly overweight black watch. Uh, former Black Watch soldier, uh, yes, who who's uh, I think served with uh, Faulkner in the past, um, mm. and uh, and one of my favourite characters. I know what you're going to say. I, 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 yeah, I know what you're going to say. Poorly portrayed, yes, initially. Initially, poorly portrayed. And this is the medic, isn't it? It's the medic. I knew you were going to say I think that. he just it's the medic, witty. Witty, yeah, uh, Arthur um, Witty. Arthur Witty, played by Kenneth. Um, oh, have you got his Griffith. name? Griffith. Played by Kenneth Griffith, who's once again he was also in the. Um, he's the uh, uh, the the ship's uh, mechanic in the uh, the Sea Wolves. Okay. He's the one that keeps the boat going when they when they leave uh, Calcutta to. Right. To okay. Okay. Um, He's he's been in loads of English movies. Yeah, um, yeah, he does. He does have that. But he does, and he's and he's he's actually been he's married. He's married, so he's not uh, he's not of yeah. the LGBT community. No, no. But this is and he um, plays it very nineteen seventies camp. Very over the top. Yeah. He's very over the top, and he says, you know, oh, excellent. You know, can I? I'm, I'm not going to do it. Do the voice, but he's you know he says, oh, can I get a divorce? And have I got time to get a divorce? And Faulkner says, oh, you've got 48 hours. And he goes, oh, I can't wait to see his face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all very it 70s. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. it's problematic. Yeah. Very problematic. But I th- it's it's it, as much as it's problematic, he's given a very, I'm not going to say redemptive, but he's, he kind of, when, when the end comes for him, <laughs> he goes out like a like an absolute champ. He uh, it, it it is interesting dialogue there. It's very seventies yeah. dialogue. Yeah, it is. It it's is. very are you being served? You know, it probably looked good on the page, and you know, it was a book originally, wasn't it? It was well, it was a it was a rumor originally. Yeah, and then a book. Then and, and then, then a screenplay. Yeah, screenplay. They raised money on it, and they filmed it mm. with these. Um, so yeah, I mean, famous it was it was written very, very much. Are you being served? Yeah. Are you yeah. free, Mister Humphrey? <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of like totally over the top, and we all know that. I don't think anyone listening to this podcast, if there is anyone listening to this podcast, would actually get your reference. Are you being served? I know. Well, you might need to YouTube it. Uh, yes. Um, but. You know, it's very, it's very, um, very, yeah, problematic. 
So you're so being very delicate. I'm trying to be delicate about it because it okay. is a delicate. It's a delicate issue, and I don't want to be cancelled. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're cancelled. And yeah. and the fact that he t- he turns out to be a total. You know, they they make him so overtly camp. Yeah. And yet. Oh, and, it's and like you know, he, and when the a, end he's, comes, he's, he's a champ. Yeah, he's he's he's, you hard, know. he's he's hard, if not harder than the rest of the, the yeah, movement. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you know, it's I don't know how they've written what they they've written in one way in 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 part of the story, and then a totally different way in towards the end of the story. And it's yeah. like you know, he hasn't even really gone on a journey. He he just. It, it, it's as if he, as if the character himself is actually playing a character. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, and whilst I had problems with the way he was portrayed early in the film, you know, it, the way he's kind of, you know, it, given given that sort of uh, leverage, leeway, whatever, to yeah, to, all right, to okay. be a hero. So we we've we've placed a caveat on the character of Medic. We, we we know which Arthur we know Whitty. we kinda know what's gonna happen to Witty, but yeah, yeah. well we'll fill you in later. Yeah. So we 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 let Emil down. We we did that earlier, but I we're at that point where we're letting Emil down. Yeah. Um and he's going to live with uh live with Dumbledore at uh <laughs> Hogwarts Dumbledore. at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we sure Dumbledore's not a child molester? Oh no! no, no. Oh, how dare you! You, Any. I can't believe you said that. Look, I I can neither confirm nor deny. So we're in we're in Swaziland, and they're trying to work out um, they're trying to work out how to how to kill the the guards in the in the watchtowers. Uh, to which Kurt Peter Kurtzy, uh says, uh, "Well, I've got a friend who's got a crossbow. Um, cyanide tablets on the quarrel." At three hundred meters, it'll kill him. At a hundred, at a hundred meters, it'll go through him. Right. Yeah. And uh, and he's pretty awesome with that crossbow. So the, and they're like, oh, and then and and which is um, it's it's at which point he, he um, he, they they try and explain to him that uh, Limbani is a very important person and everything, and he sort of's like, oh well, um, I'm only here to get some money so I can start my farm. Um, I don't care about your mercenaries. I don't care about Limbani or what he stands for. This is, I'm just in this for me. Mm. Um, and I'll have to deal with the moral consequences of what I've done <laughs> later. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is when uh, Faulkner sort of says, morals amongst mercenaries, we'll need to watch him. Okay, okay. Yeah, he does. He, the, yeah, he... Uh, or actually, I think it's Roger Moore says, "Oh, morals amongst mercenaries," and then Faulkner says, "You know, we need to keep an eye on him, basically, because yeah. he could fuck this for us all." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, the dialogue is interesting, but um, okay. So, w- so where are we now? We're um, so, so they're putting together the team. Yeah, they have they have basic training and. Um, uh, <coughs> no, this is in country. This actually. is this is in country. This is in Swaziland. Yes. And um, uh, Sandy's standing in front of the the troop. They're split into two groups, and he says, he, uh, basically he says tough to as them, nails, this guy. Oh, he he his speeches. You know, uh, those of you who uh, those of you who don't know me are in for a terrible time, and those of you who do know me are in for an infinitely worse time than you <laughs> care to remember. <laughs> 
He actually gets some of the best dialogue. Uh, oh, he does on the training. He gets them to run a, run around the drill, the parade ground, and then charge at each other and then dive on the ground. Well, so those you know, some of you know me already, but those of you who don't are in for a great big fucking, fucking surprise. surprise. <laughs> so he gets them, he gets them to roll, run around and um, dive on the ground, and uh, one man says, "Oh, I'm dead. I can't get up." So he pulls out his revolver and. Uh, shoots, 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 shoots next to his head, not into Esposito. his head. Esposito. No, that's the guy who gets shot at. And then, and then another guy, uh, Witty, Witty falls over and he's like, get up, Witty, or I'll sew your asshole up, <laughs> basically. Hey, you're not dead until I tell you you're dead. You mm. know, uh, look, the good old days, right? That's right. Well, he says, Dog, don't, you're not dead until I tell you you're dead. During combat. Oh, no, this is um, later a on. bit later on in the movie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then they have jump training, and um, he, uh, Sean lands awkwardly, and he says, "That's pathetic. You're jumping from an airplane, not some whore's bedroom." <laughs> uh, I love I love Sandy. He just he's funny. Yeah. He's very funny. So they have the the, the, the training. Um, and then they get a, a a man pulls up in an old Datsun 180. Um, That's right. Uh, with a message for Colonel Faulkner, and it turns out that they're going Christmas Eve because uh, word got out that Limbani is alive and all the people are going crazy and they need to get him out, basically, and they'll celebrate Christmas uh, when they get back on Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Richard Harris. So they, so they, so they send off... Uh, they send everybody into town to spend their money. Mm. Um, well, no, which um, is which brings me to another well, problematic, hey, uh, witty moment. Well, hang on. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. No, you're correct. Because because they're because ca- they're like they're they're calling him Queenie. You know, come on, Queenie. And he doesn't we'll go. Some, we'll get you some tail, and he goes, "No, I'll be waiting here with penicillin and bandages. Get your bums ready." <laughs> And then, and then later on, they said, "Oh, who are you leaving your money to?" And he says, "Oh, to the sweetest, kindest proctologist in the world." And then he calls him a bum doctor. And he says, "What's that?" He goes, "Bum doctor to you, chubby cheeks." <laughs> so it's like total, oh, you man. know. It's like, oh my god, do you really? But never mind. But it just goes to show what what some you writers actually perceived. Oh, and what that was community accepted. was like. That's yeah. right. You couldn't make a film like this. Well, you could make a film like this today, oh. but you couldn't make it with that character in that form. Yeah, yeah. You could make it with that character, is but that it couldn't be in that form. Yeah, yeah. At all. Which is which is bizarre because. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So they uh, whilst uh, whilst they're all heading off to uh, drink their drink their uh, um, their money away. Uh, Faulkner and uh, Rafer are having a chat walking across the parade ground and Rafer says, you know, look, if I die, I want you to take a meal from his mother to Faulkner. And he says, what do you want to take? Why do you want me to take him? I'm a drunk. When I'm not off killing people in some foreign country, I'm lying on the ground drunk. Mm. But they kind of agree and he says, you're not going to die, Rafer. That, is that like foreshadowing? <laughs> I think so. It's telegraphing. It's, telegra- it's totally telegraphing. It's, it's, there's a lot of foreshadowing in that particular yep, one. Yep. Well, that's what we're go- that's what we're calling it. Yeah. So they they um they the mission begins and they have a halo drop, um, from a C one thirty. Yeah. Into uh, and, and this is like nineteen something seventy eight. Mm. Nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. 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 And mean- so no oxygen. Meanwhile. Well, 
Yeah. Meanwhile, Matheson is doing a uh, a backdoor deal with Endofa. Yeah, General Endofa. Um, about uh, mineral rights for um, uh, yeah. a project. Uh, yeah, tin. Tin. Tin, tin or copper, I think it is. Copper, copper or tin. Yeah. I don't know, it might be copper. Might be copper, yeah. But they're doing, they're doing, they they they're having a meeting uh, whilst this mission is going on, unbeknownst to Faulkner and his men, mm. and that will play out later as we get into. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So group group one hits the barracks, um, killing everyone. Yeah. So and there's uh, the second group, smaller group, targets the airport, the airfield. And that's with uh, they they don't target the airfield until um, until they've got Limbani. Yes. Once they've got Limbani, Limbani's given to Peter. The, a bit of irony there. The, uh, <laughs> Peter. The uh, the African president with the white South African. Yes. And that's w- we we will get some uh, uh, philosophizing philosophizing through through that later in the later in the film, and he's Where like the book, the book and he 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 well beating well up. it starts out you know he actually says you know and I'm going to say the word because it's relevant to the <gasps> film. Insert South African racist slur. Just look when yeah I mean look at when it was written. It's so. setting it it's setting it up for a redemption moment yeah. later in the film. Yeah. Um, and then they uh, they uh, basically group one gives them a call and says take the airfield we're on our way yeah yeah and uh, and that's when they basically kill everybody in the airfield. They kill everyone. Oh well, no, yeah, but uh, but um, at the camp, it's really quite disturbing the way they killed all those. Oh, they soldiers. go they go in with gas masks silently and and they s- kill everyone with cyanide and cyanide. Hello. Here we go. So um. So they, they after they've cyanided everyone at the uh, the camp and they've made stolen some trucks, uh, got Limbani on one of the trucks. They head for the airport, uh, where they meet up with the with Group Two, who have taken over the airport and have the control tower. And Sean's up in the tower trying to call in the uh, the the C one thirty to land to pick them up. Mm. Um, and it uh, and the government official is actually at Matheson's house. Um, <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. And he makes a call to say, put Charlie 1 into effect, which is obviously a code for something uh, dastardly for our uh, intrepid mercenaries on the ground. Uh, our 50-something gang. Um, because they've actually done a deal with Endofa over copper. And they're now... Well, it, they're yeah, some sort of resource, yeah. They're, and they're, it's, they're, um, they've now got access to the copper mines in, in that particular country. <laughs> and they don't need... Limbani. Not anymore, no. They no. Don't, they don't leave uh, so they're going to leave him on the ground. They're, they're basically, Charlie 1 is, a, is code for leave them on the ground uh, to be chopped up by the Simbas, which is in Dofa's uh, crack army. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they are scary as hell. Really? <laughs> what? Well, I guess, oh, they are when they pull out a, a machete. Uh, a machete. No, yeah, but... You have to admit the combat sequences in this you know, are very favor uh, favorable uh, to the white men. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're, oh, yeah, and the and the token Jamaican man on the on the force. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've thrown him in because they need to have some people of color. <laughs> some tokenism. Yeah, that's right. Well, look. So anyway, they um, they uh, they're the plane lands, 
and they're all ready to be picked up and then the word comes through to the C-130 to pass them by. Yeah, and it does. It, and it takes does. off. Leaves them behind. One of the pilots does make a comment, uh, uh, basically, he says, you know, poor bastards. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he has an idea about what's going to happen to these men on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and which is when uh, Rafer has an idea because they've got a plan. He planned the way out. And Rafer well, look, says, at this point, they think they're all pretty well stuffed. Well, Ra- and, and Rafer says, well, I've got an idea. Yeah. We can, we need to take Limbani to his home and show him to his people and maybe there'll be an uprising. Yeah, because they all think he's dead at this point. Every, yeah, he's, he's dead at this point. Yeah. Um, Faulkner thinks he's crazy. Mm. And then he says, well, I'm going to give it to you emotionally and then I'm going to give it to you rationally. <laughs> Or, ration, or rationally and emotionally, whichever, <laughs> whichever way. You know, he says, yeah. you know, we can't go this way because there's, there's jungle and we can't get through it. We can't go this way because of the Simbas. We can't go that way because there's a massive river to cross. Yeah. So the only way we can actually go is into Limbani country. Mm. And, you know, and see what happens, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they basically want to start a coup. That's right. They, they, well, they figure they'll either start a cl- start a start a coup, or they'll um, start an uprising, or they'll or they'll find some way to get out. Mm. So they're heading south to Kalima, a place called Kalima, which is must be uh, Lim- which is Limbani's home village. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, um, uh, and, and did they get shot up on the way there? Or they yeah, they 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 cross a bridge. Um, and they, st- they and attempt to cross a bridge. They attempt to cross a bridge. And what you would think with most um, convoys is that the most important person would be in the first or second vehicle, mm. not right at the back. Yeah. But they're right at the back in, a, in, a, in an old Land Rover. Um, Sandy and Sean are in a Land Rover at the front, and there's three trucks in the middle with all the men on. Yeah. And um, one of the trucks breaks down. Uh, the one on the, the bridge. On the bridge. The one in the middle, I think, breaks, or the last one breaks down. Yeah. And they all, c- instead of pulling off the bridge so they're in cover, they all stay on the bridge and a plane comes it, in. It's a nice day, you know, the sun's out, they're all soaking up some vitamin D in their commando shorts. And a plane comes in and cuts them up and basically napalms them as well. Oh, it's pretty gruesome stuff. It's a, yeah, they, they, they quite yeah. a lot of them die. Um, Faulkner is. Uh, got to do uh, do the dude because he says you know you can't leave them leave these men lying half dead on the bridge because the Simbas will kill you know yeah will make their deaths more painful so he has to actually shoot them himself mm. um, and then he pretty, pretty grim stuff mm. for uh, yeah so 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 in the in the front convoy is most of the men that are remaining I mm. think there's like 32 in total. They lost a lot of men on the bridge. I think Sandy says include Faulkner's group and their group. There's 30 or 32, including walking wounded. Mm. And Sean says, well, that's not much of a fighting force. And he says, well, I wouldn't be like to be up against it. Yeah. Um, and I should mention that Sandy is in this further because uh, uh, earlier in the in before the mission starts, he gives him the golden handshake. Colonel Faulkner gives him the golden handshake, and he says, "You know, if you want a revolution, you try and fucking stop me." <laughs> a duty first. Right. He obviously he, cares he very says, "Well, deeply for Faulkner." He says, "Well, I love these men, 
and they love me and I expect to be with them. And if yeah. you want a revolution, yeah. try and look, we did We sort of did gloss over the whole training uh, a little bit and, um, and it, it, you know, it looked reasonably tough. And Well, I think it was more like they've already got the skills, it's just getting them muscle memories to get the, their skills back. But there yeah. is quite a bit of log lifting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it wasn't like an aerobics lesson. It was pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah. You know, they had to suck a fair bit of dust in to get... They had that. They had that whole thing where they were chucking telephone poles across, you know, in across over to each other. Yeah, yeah. Look, That's if you work for Western Power and you were, you know, a, a, a pretty cool stuff. But, <laughs> but yeah. so, so they so they get cut up at the uh, the bridge at uh, Kalima and they're broken into two groups. One one with Colonel Faulkner, uh, Jesse, Peter, and uh, uh, Witty and Rimbani. Mm. And the rest of the group are in uh, in the, the remaining vehicles heading for Kalima. Kalima, yeah. And um, which is which this is this is where we get the the philosophizing, um, as uh, uh, Faulkner and, and group try to cross further down. I don't know why they just didn't walk down the bridge, cross across the driveway or riverbed, and and get in the trucks. Um, that would have made sense. But <laughs> but they actually <laughs> head down river. Yeah. To yeah. to get to Kalima. And that's where we have the philosophizing with Peter and Limbani over um what Africa needs. What Africa needs. And uh so one saying that Because um, they're oh, very look. they're very confrontational initially, aren't they, about uh, white and black yeah, people. Yeah, they're, they're, there's not a lot of love there. Peter's like we built this country and you know yeah, this this is obviously where the story hits its moral moral high ground. Yeah, and I think, as I said, I think like during the, uh, these conversations during the, the, this particular part of the film, I think they should probably they could have been fleshed out a little bit more just to yeah. make it a bit more meaningful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they've kind of just gone racism. Tick. Let's white over. We're, we're, we're going to fix this. Let's whitewash. We're going to fix it in, in um, thirty-two in seconds. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and during these conversations, Peter actually, obviously, comes around from his uh, racist frame of mind to, mm. uh, well, maybe I could be wrong about you, this. I could be wrong about this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he picks him up and he says, "You know, come on, bloke," instead of <laughs> instead of using the the, uh, yeah, the, the his the, previous his previous terms. Yeah. yeah. Um, arriving at the at the uh, at the village uh, is. Uh, is the troop they enter the village and kill the sacrificial pig by accident? Um, wow, you know. And the Irish, the Irish priest comes running out, screaming at them. <laughs> hey, d yeah, look, he certainly didn't look happy. No, he's not. He's not happy at all, and he's not happy about having mercenaries in his village. Yeah. Um, so he he cracks off a few expletives at them and is unhappy. Meanwhile. Uh, they're well, they're at a river crossing. Uh, the other group are at a river crossing, uh, and uh, having a drink of water and a rest and stuff. And Witty's over over the uh, looking out on the other side of a little little embankment, um, and he sees some movement in the bushes. Mm. And this is this is where he. Uh, <laughs> You've been waiting the whole. I've this been whole waiting time. for this bit because I love this bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes out like a champ. He does. <laughs> yeah. And like he's. he's he he picks up his Uzi and he he sees a, a couple. Some of, of the dialogue's a bit questionable, but you know. Well, yeah, and you, you know, know you don't 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going to say it out loud, but I, I know you probably want to. No, I'm going to. I'm going to like. Yeah, I'm going to. Oh, he he does he does he he starts shooting and everything and. Uh, uh, he is an army of one, though, isn't he? He's a what? Army of one. He is an army of one. Yeah, he's a total yeah. army of one. He he must take out about fifteen people before he actually right, like runs out of ammunition, runs out of ammo, and then he takes out another guy with a knife. Yeah, takes oh, out as he's being attacked as by he's being numerous attacked. guys. But like he's um he's shooting his Uzi and Peter's hanging over the hill throwing grenades with Jesse shooting into the. And he's saying, you know, Peter's saying, come on, Witty, let's go. And he's going, get your asses out of here. I'm holding the fort. So he sacrificed himself. He's ho- so he, so Peter and uh, Faulkner and uh, Jesse get Limbani across the across the, the, the wadi, across the river. And uh, that's when Witty runs out of ammo. Yeah. After, he's, after he's killed like 15 of them. Yeah, and then pulls out a knife. He pulls out his, pulls out his, uh, his bayonet and yeah. he... He, the, this guy comes out and he's, you know, oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Hey, my beauties. What a, what, a, what a shame we can't be friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, with a bit of a twang to it. And yeah. Um, and yeah, and yeah. That's, as, he's a pr- as that guy attacks him, he fends yeah. off the machete and like straight into the chest with his, yeah. with his bayonet, like finishes him off before somebody stabs him from behind with a machete and then there's about 10 guys around him just... Just carving him up. Just carving him like up like a, a, a Christmas like ham. A Christmas ham, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's like the butcher, and there's blood everywhere. Blood yeah, coming he out. certainly wasn't afraid to die. But he, think. yeah, he goes out like an absolute, like, uh, like. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Just, oh, look, I agree. And it I think it's, 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 and that's kind of the way they could have played his character from the beginning. Mm. Like, you know, obviously, obviously, uh, you know, he comes across like he'll come across as. A member of that commu- of the LGBT community, you know, you could you could make it like that without making him so nineteen seventies camp, yeah, and well, still make him as hard as old boots. Yeah, uh, we probably it's it's look. It's not. Uh, it, we shouldn't philosophize. It's super well written, so we probably shouldn't read too much into it. No, but it's nineteen seventies. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so they make their make their way across the river and uh, and. Uh, Peter takes uh, takes Limbani off of Faulkner, and Faulkner uh, basically takes the uh, takes the the back the back line. The, <laughs> the back line. Witty's gone. <laughs> we, Witty's, Witty's gone. We can we say we are that. really going ahead with this. Aren't we? Well, I'm trying not to. You know, he he basically takes up the. I'm not gonna. I can't say takes up the rear either. Covers the rear. Covers the rear. Covers the covers the 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 the, the retreat. Yes. Um, whilst Jesse and Jesse goes running after Peter and uh, Limbani. Peter and Limbani are way ahead of them now. Yeah. Um, and they run into a ditch where there's some of uh, Endofa's Simbas waiting for him. Mm. Um, and he also kills a number of them whilst taking bullets to the chest. Yeah, yeah. So he and so he does a. You know, he he goes out quite quite early. Quite well. Well, not early, I but mean. you know, he goes he goes out saving Limbani as well. Mm. Um, uh, and then, and that's where we get to the other philosophizing moment. He's you know got his hand on his head and he's you know basically cuddling his head with his head, saying, telling him not to die because you know that's you know we need him and all that sort of thing. Mm. So he he's basically it it 
it, I guess a film of redemption. He's redeemed him, I guess, in the two and a half, two and a bit minutes of film, two hours and a bit minutes of film, he's redeemed himself <laughs> from being a total racist to <laughs> to being someone who thinks that you know. Yeah, well, that's how life works. We should it? we should live as one community. Yep. yep. Um, little unbelievable, but it's you know. a bit hallmark, and um, yeah. So, whilst whilst uh, covering the retreat. Uh, Faulkner manages to kill a number of Simbas as well, and we get that's this is where we get the blood squirty moment. Yeah, yeah. From the neck, hits him, shoots him in the neck, and there's blood squirting out slowly for effect. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it does. So, so we um, we uh, whilst all the shooting's going on, um, they can hear it from the village, and so they send some, send some men out to the village to. Uh, from the village to meet up with them, and that, and that's when uh, Sandy and his group of men meet up with the remnants of with Faulkner and Jesse and yeah. Barney. Yeah, yeah, the uh, injured mm. Limbo. The priest also tells um, Rafer before Faulkner gets there that there's a. Um, uh, actually, no, this is before that. Um, they get to back to the village, and the village elders see Limbani and. Yeah, yeah, they do. They yeah, and, and right. then they're sort of deciding as to what they're going to do because they, they didn't actually, uh, they didn't believe he was real. They didn't believe he was alive. Yeah. Yeah. They, it would, yeah so they w- they were unsure as to what they're actually seeing with their own eyes, and then they were sort of trying to figure out what they were going to do. And yeah, uh, you you can see why they chose the option. That's uh, right. Door number two. Door number two. And Limbani says, you know, I could have asked them to rise up for me, but you know. It's not their time. It's not fair for them to be murdered, mm. because mm. that's basically it. Would have been a bloodbath. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And a general would have, would, have been, would have been a genocide of Kalima Village, basically. Yeah, yeah. And and of Limbani's people in, in of general, that region. Of that region. So that's on. right. So um, it's at this point that the the, the priest um, suggests that there's an old DC three sitting on a runway about a mile from the village. Mm. And uh, you know that's an option for them. So they send Sean out, to Sean out with Jock and um, a couple of others to uh, scout the plane, make mm. sure it works and everything. And they would follow with Limbani. Yeah. To the plane. Um, so the priest takes them out there, and <laughs> he's riding a donkey. He's riding he? a donkey. And yeah. Um, which is, where, where, is that a cliche? I don't know. Priest on donkeys. Priest on donkeys. I it's, don't know. It's, I, I think, yeah, he looks a bit out of sorts. But, um, <laughs> and he's got the hat for it. But they um, they, they hit the pilot over the, the pilot, the owner of the plane, over the head, put him in the plane mm. so they're not leaving him behind, continue refueling. Um, and then the priest leaves them and shouts out an emphatic, good luck, godless murderers. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, if the shoe fits. Mm. Jock sets up the... Uh, the They've got a Vickers machine gun, yeah. a, a gas machine, one of those old gas machine guns, you know, yeah. the, and they set it up by the uh, by the edge of the airstrip, and then wait for the rest of the troop to arrive. It, considering um, that they actually had real soldiers in this, you think that they would have there would have been more strategy involved. There would have been more, you know, what what truly would happen. 
in the rigors of war and and it kind of it lost me here because there wasn't much strategy on the half of general and dofus troops no general and dofus troops didn't they could have got them in a pincer movement they could have oh, look you know hey i would could have got them in a in some sort of pocket and squeezed <laughs> it but instead, they kind of sit at the end of the village and wait to be shot. Look at you go, you know, we, like General Rommel over here, you know. <laughs> I'm moving the tanks across <laughs> the board. In, uh, in overlapping fire zones, you know. Yeah, get them in a crossfire. Yeah. But um, there was none of that. It was just, oh, let's just run at them. Mm. Well, and well, at the, well, they don't run at the machine gun at this point. But they, 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 um, the, the what's left of Faulkner's force that are making their way to the air, the airstrip with Limbani have to go through a deserted village, and there, and there's a, a battle there where a number of them are killed, and they kill a number of Simbas, um, yeah. and they get to the airstrip, um, and there's not not a lot of them left by the time they get to the airstrip. No, and. Um, it's at this point that... Do, uh, do we get a sense of how many Simbas there are? There's hundreds. Hundreds. Okay. And they're all, like, commanded by, like, Cubans. <laughs> I know. It's weird. I think they've got, like, some sort of uh, foreign exchange process, military foreign, <laughs> foreign exchange with Cubans. Because there seems to be some Cubans running the, running the operation for them. Right. Um, right. I didn't see Which Castro. is funny because there's a lot of white guys taking charge of people of colour. Yeah. Again, yeah. what's going on? No, I know. I so, know. so they they have this uh, the battle across the across the field as they as they head towards uh, uh, the airstrip with Indofa's men in pursuit, um, and they get to the des- deserted village, and uh, 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 there's a number of them killed there, and they get to the air- and then they they basically get to the airstrip and they start getting people across the airstrip to the plane. Mm. Um, uh, 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 there's Tosh and obviously Jockstore and the machine gun. Mm. Um, and yeah. Alan and Sandy are running across the air, across the airstrip with Sandy behind and you hear a gunshot and a scream of Alan, which is and because uh, like all the time he Colonel Faulkner, Faulkner said to him, you know, when everyone's not around, you can call me Alan. Yeah. Um, and he finally uses his name at that point because and he knows he's he's dying. Well, that's right. And and and, Faulkner, and Alan, uh, Faulkner turns around and runs back to him and tries to grab him and drag him. And another soldier says to him, "He's dead. You need to leave him. He's dead, sir." So they they leave Sandy on a desert airstrip in Africa. <laughs> yeah, basically dead. Yeah, and. Um, Basically dead. Basically dead. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Well, you know, dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there a, is a basic, intermediate, and advanced? And uh, uh, at this point, Sean starts the, has got the plane running. He's moving the plane down the airstrip towards the Vickers mm. to turn it around to use the runway. Yeah. Um, and Jock's like, he's moving the plane, you know, in a very bad <laughs> Scottish accent. <laughs> Okay, he's moving the plane. Uh, rock the new. Rock the new. And Rafe is like, no, he's getting it closer. You know, the, the two of them are feeding. One's feeding the bullets and the other one's firing. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, the plane turns around and Alan's like, you need to stop the plane. He says, if I stop the plane, we're not getting off the ground. Yeah. And so Jock, Tosh, 
and and uh, another man and <laughs> another man who we don't know the name of and Raper <laughs> start heading towards the running leave the Vickers start running towards the what running towards the plane yeah getting rid of their weapons as they go because they're obviously to, to lighten the load so they can load. run away quicker and use the um, two hands to climb into the mm. plane Tosh pushes pushes Jock into the plane and at that time Jock's shot in the back yeah so this is that pivotal this moment this is the pivotal moment and Jock uh, Tosh gets into the plane and then the, the there's another man that's shot with Rafer and yeah. Rafer's trying to get into the plane he's putting his hand up as the plane's accelerating yeah. and he gets shot in the leg and falls down and underneath the um and, the, and this is the point where Faulkner realizes that uh he's not going to make it yeah that Rafer's going to get um he's going to be captured uh, yeah, most and, likely and, and Rafe, is, Rafe is shouting, kill me, kill me. Yeah. So Alan obliges yep. because if he doesn't, the Simbas are going to do to him what they did to Witty. Yeah. Basically. They're yeah, gonna and they're going to carve him up machetes with and machetes. It's not going to be pleasant. Enact a toll for all the not very nice things that the mercenaries did to, to the so Simbas that, so, well. so Alan shoots Rafe and kills him. Yeah. And while he's about to shoot him, he's shouting, Emil, Emil. To to Faulkner, as if to remind him to don't forget yeah. Emil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, for everyone listening in in uh, podcast land, that's the annoying little boy in the movie. Mm. I don't think he had any other acting parts. And after his performance in this film, I can see why. <laughs> 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 anyway, so they're they're flying, they're flying, they're heading for uh, Rhodesia. They've not got a lot of p- not got a lot of fuel. Um, Alan, uh, Sean says, you know, Alan goes see the men. Alan says, there's 13 of us left alive, including wounded. Yeah. Out of 50. Yeah. So there's, there's not many of them left. Mm. Um, and he says, look, you need to get everything out of the plane, lighten the load. Um, and so he says, he says to Tosh, you know, get everyone to chuck their weapons out and jock. So they, so poor old dead jock is going to get ditched yeah. out of the plane to lighten the load. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Now, Limbani's on the plane at the moment. Mm. And Tosh... And Tosh he's still... And he's injured. He's wounded. He's been he's shot. wounded. He was shot on the way to the plane. Yeah. As well on the airstrip. Yeah. And Tosh says to Faulkner, you know, what was it all for? And he says, well, I don't know. Mm. He's sort of, I guess, philosophical about the whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was was it really was what we were doing really worth this? Oh man! Because in in theory, if the plan had gone how it was supposed to go, they would have all been on the plane and out of there, and everyone would have got paid. Yeah, yeah. Now Limbani has comes to his wounds. Eventually, yes, he does. He but they're 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 flying into Rhodesian airspace at this point. Yeah, which or Zimbabwean airspace as it is now, and. Um, uh, Salisbury, which I th- it's n- it's not Salisbury's not the capital of Zimbabwe, is it? Or it's w- it's a s- it's a town in 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 Rhodesia anyway, um, and they are, you know they s- Sean contacts them and says we're a mercenary flight, we've got wounded, and they get to they say, you know don't enter the airspace, you will be shot down. Yeah. Um, at which point, Faulkner goes to Limbani and says we need proof that you're on the plane. And Limbani gives him a. Um, oh, that's right. Limbani, Limbani gives him a UN meeting that he was at. 
um, and all the people that were there and everything. So and so he goes back, Faulkner goes back and the plane starts to lose an engine, so they're flying with one engine and he contacts Salisbury Control, tells them all this information and uh, they, light, they light the lights on the runway and uh, which are 44-gallon drums <laughs> and uh, let them land on the run on the airstrip. And when they and when they do land, uh, that's when Limbani succumbs to succumbs his wounds. Uh, yeah, and the, it, the whole thing is just one pointless exercise. That's right. It's just a, and and Faulkner's holding Limbani's hand, and he's got that look of absolute hatred in his eyes. Yeah, he's you know he's gonna. He's, yeah, he's, well, yeah, he's we know. It. Super pissed about <laughs> what's gone on, and um, so six months later, we're in London. And yeah, he um, doesn't look like a kind of, kind of guy who had his his grief well. No, no, and um, we're, and we're going to find out the 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 result of not holding on to that grief very well. <laughs> yeah. um, when six months later, uh, Matheson has uh, just finished a dinner party and got ridden or got uh, all his guests have left. And he goes into his drawing room, um, and Faulkner's already there. Yeah, he's broken in, and he, and uh, he's Matheson's surprised to see him because he mm. didn't think thought he, he was dead. Well, he didn't think he'd get out of Africa either. Yeah, um, and back into England. But uh, it's amazing who you know, um, and also what you can do after taking a crash course in breaking and entering. Yeah, um, and he alleviates him of all the money in his safe. Hmm. Um, and Matheson thinks that the safe is alarmed, but he's also disarmed the safe as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, there's an interesting dialogue there, isn't there, between... Yeah, well, he says he says to him, you know, oh, there's half of what I owe you there, in yeah. there. And, you know, you can keep me alive, take all that money, and we'll forget about it. Hmm. And then he says, or I could not. Yeah. So I'm just, and then he says, so I guess you've got to kill me then. He says, I suppose I must. <laughs> it's very gentlemanly. It is a bit gentlemanly. So he takes all the money and shoots... Uh, shoots Matheson. Matheson, kills him. Which no, no one seems terribly upset about. No, no, because he gets in the car with Sean and uh, Sean's basically says, you know, is it is it done? He goes, yeah. Yeah. It's done. And, that's, and they drive off. And that's where we end up at... Um, the the school again, ah <laughs> the, uh, the school. And um, he's sitting down. Uh, uh, Faulkner sitting on the bench that they was Emil and his father were sitting on before the mission started. Yeah. And um, Emil walks up to him and he says, "Let's talk about your father." Yeah. He's basically going to fill him in that he was a godless murderer. Uh, I think. Well, I, I, or at least all the good parts. I got, yeah, yeah, all right. I I I think he was going to skip all the bad parts and. Because well, he clearly loved his boy, you know. You don't. No, that's right. He well, he wanted. But he wasn't. He yeah. was art dealing. He wasn't. He hadn't been a mercenary for ten years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he he was like selling art to make a living rather than actually killing people. Right, right. So now are you know that, that's 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 basically where the movie ends. Now um, we well, we never really discussed the elf in the room here, and that was the uh, the soundtrack by. Um, Joan Armour Trading. <laughs> Joan Armour Trading. 
I like the song. Yeah. And I do, I look, I yeah. do like Joan Armour Training. Yeah, but ever since you had that acquired brain injury, you really like some dodgy stuff. <laughs> this movie is not an exception. Yeah. And then the song by Joan Armour Training. Oh, I, mate, seriously. Yeah. Well, I think I, I, I think also in the opening vignette of during the during the Joan Armour Trading song, yeah, um, which is at the beginning of the film, there's actually an image of that uh, president that was on the plane in the six um, sixties, um, the um, Republic of Congo president, yeah, who died supposedly died of a heart attack um, in 1968, um, the same time as this rumor came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nafona? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Moisey Uh, Nafona or something. So, what did you think? Well, I can't believe you managed to drag me back to 1978. And shame on you, fella. Shame (laughs) on you. Um, You know, what did I think? Well, look, you know, I I think that we're just much better at storytelling now than we were in 1978. Um, 1978, there was just so much not very well you know everyone wanted to be good but no one actually did anything that was good um so it was easy to philosophize about something but you end up having these really really bad situations you know and uh uh yeah did i like the movie it would have been pretty big at the time you know with uh with uh, richard harris richard burton funnily enough it wasn't well, yeah, but having those three actors in the same movie would have been a big deal, though. Yeah, well, uh, well, uh, having the four actors, Hardy Kruger as oh, well. Oh, well, Hardy Kruger as well. It was but like, uh, but because it didn't have an American star in it, it didn't get a very wide release in the US. So it didn't make a lot of money. No, it didn't make, make a lot of money. But they, you know, they were in their own right. Big quite stars, Big yeah. stars. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it is probably the equivalent of a Marvel movie today or... Oh, you know, like if you look at um, the Expendable movies, that mm. franchise, yeah, th- this is kind of like the Expendables in 1978. But better done than the Expendables. Really? I think. Oh, no, I think the Expendables, look, there's certainly more action, there's more strategy. You know, I, I, just, you know, I got a bit lost in the whole, the whole, um, Hollywood version of what a war would look like, you know, on a budget. Mm. Yeah, and I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy into it. But yeah, look, I didn't mind the movie. I thought it was pretty good, you know. And it was, you know, some of the 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 one-liners were pretty funny. That is a plane flying over, folks. <laughs> That's a C-130. I can hear people halo dropping at the moment. Um, so, um, what are you gonna score it? Mm, I'm going to give it a six and a half. It is pretty dated. It is pretty dated. (laughs) You're looking at me funny. Like I've Uh, let you down. Wait till you hear my... Oh, here we go. We're going to... Yeah. Look. It's problematic. Yeah. In many, 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 many ways. Yeah. Many ways. It is a it is a, a film of its time. 
with regards to like the, the, the way people <laughs> a were film of its time. No, with regards to the way the people were portrayed in those in that era. Yeah. And 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 it is it is problematic yeah. to watch it now. Yeah. As to watching it back then, and I guess if you let uh, the younger generation, people who weren't of the seventies, watch the film, they would probably go, "Oh my god, that's not right." Yeah. Whereas we would watch it and we go, well, you know, that was the time. Mind you, you were seven when you watched this. Yeah, I'm not scarred at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, people of the 70s, like us of the 70s and and older generation would watch a film like this and go, yeah, okay, it hasn't quite held up. (laughs) But it's still, you know, it's still reasonably entertaining. Yeah. Whereas people who are, like, born in the, the noughties would look at it and go, this bunch of drivel. Yeah, it's, t- it's a terrible movie and look how they're portraying these people and look how they're portraying those people. You can't do that. Yeah. Whereas we can, like, I guess, um, put it in a pigeon, bo- pigeon box, pigeonhole, you know, pigeonhole things and box things into a corner and go, yeah, okay, well, that happened. But, you know, we're still able to watch the movie objectively, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh uh, yeah, look, uh, yeah, I, I so do get what you're saying. So it is, it is, it is, it is a problematic film. It is a an absolutely rip snorting adventure. It's a like it is. It's an adventure movie of its time. You're it's making that to be this swashbuckling. No, I know, but it was. It's an, it's it's one of those films, adventure movies that they made in that in in yeah, in, in, in those period. days. Yeah, uh, those sort of action adventure films. Um, it, it is a like what's a, what does it say on the cover? Gut rent, gut roaring adventure film or something. <laughs> gut roaring, it's a, like they had bad chili in it. Oh, look at it, but, yeah, but there were better movies though. You know, like Guns Navarone. Oh, well, absolutely. Well, that's you know, earlier. Um, Where Eagles Dare and Von Ryan's Express. Oh, Von Ryan's Express was a classic. I once told you, Von Ryan, if only one gets out, <laughs> it's a victory. <laughs> you see, that's a you know, but this I, this didn't. Yeah. And even films of the time, like films of the seventies, like uh, the French Connection, much better movie. Yeah, like absolute classic film, mm. and just as much action in it. Yeah, and an amazing car chase. Yeah, so you know, it, it, it's a film of its time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a seven. All right. Okay. okay. I'm, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Did, did my harsh number cause you to downgrade you? What no, no. I was always gonna give it a. I was always gonna give it a, a like a. Above five, but, okay. but but maybe not a nowhere near an eight. Yeah, well, um, it just goes to show how better at storytelling. We I are think now. yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I think storytelling now is much much better. I think yeah. the way that we portray um, the LGBT community and people of color and all those you know those wide ranging uh, situations yeah. are much well more delicately handled. Than they than they were back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and as much as people probably disagree, we're far less racist. In in unless of course you're the police. Um, <laughs> in far in far less circumstances. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Though it's like yeah, it's it's we can tell stories much much better, and we can tell stories involving those communities much better than we yeah look there um you'll find the casts are a lot a lot less um monochromatic absolutely and yeah, yeah there's a lot less white yeah 
Yeah. Let's let's just be honest. A yeah, lot yeah, less yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably a bit too far the other way now. Mm. I think. And, I think. And we have trouble finding demonising anyone or villainising anyone because if it's a historical piece, then. You know, yeah, there's been a few. Well, even the historical pieces now. You look at the. Um, have, have you seen 1917? Uh, I have. Like when, when, towards the end of that movie, when they, when they, uh, when he eventually arrives at the um, the trenches. Yeah. There's actually um, soldiers of color. Within the within the units integrated within the units. Yeah. In that film, and uh, which. I don't think actually happened. Oh, I, d- I don't know. I think there were there were. Look, if Finn was here, he would tell us. Mm. He would set us straight. That's right. So I'm I'm. I'm well, look, and look, there's you know there's some Japanese war movies that have come out, and they go to great lengths to make sure that the Japanese weren't portrayed as bad uh, as. You know, they, you know they weren't demonized or anything like that even though they're at war with them, mm. uh, because the retelling story now. But, uh, mm, yeah, but yeah, so see, it, see, the thing is, though, I don't necessarily think that, that the way that the retelling is as accurate as the, no, no, er, as the, early, as the earliest. I think the earlier, the earlier portrayals are probably m- more accurate of the time. Yeah. Because, um, they're, A, they're, you know, they're closer to the event. Yeah. Well, we we swung too far the other way. Absolutely, like yeah. the, the political correctness, I guess. Is yeah, yeah. Even alien movies, they have a tendency to not. <laughs> some movies don't portray the aliens as, as you know they come in and suck people's brains out. As, well, you know they're just misunderstood. Mm. So, so yeah, as as problematic as this film is, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy a good watch of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a regular, a fairly regular basis, I, su- I say once a year, but it's probably every once every two, or three, <laughs> once every two or three years in, in I, reality. Uh, look, look, it has. Um, uh, I did watch Kelly's Heroes the other day, and I love that film. Yeah, so uh, look, I am inspired to go back and watch some of the the other ones again. Uh, again. See, Von, I would I would watch Von Ryan's Express yeah. again. That's that's a really entertaining movie as well. Yeah, but uh, you know the. the they're all films of their time. They're all going to have like problematic things happening in them and and stuff. But this one in particular is problematic. But it's as I say, it's it's a film that you can go back that I can go back to every couple of years, two yeah. or three years, and watch. And and yeah, I have to watch it by myself because you know everyone else is like that's a bit racist and that's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you mu- yeah, you must anti- anti-gay or whatever, and you you can you you know they're they're not gonna like watch it ex- with any you know be able to yeah compartmentalize yeah, yeah. certain things that are you know that you know are wrong um, to enjoy a a, a, a bloodletting <laughs> a bloodletting basically <laughs> well there you know well yeah there, the there's the a fair bit of claret in this movie so so yeah I'm I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, I, 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 six and three quarters. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm six and three. I'm gonna give it a six and three quarters. <laughs> well, hang on. What was the um <laughs> the entrance to um uh the Harry Potter's world? They had to jump through uh, platform nine and a half. <laughs> platform nine and a half. I'm gonna give it six and a half platforms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it six and three quarters. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, look. Um, so. 
So yeah, so that so you, you, that's that's that movie for this time. Yep, yeah, I think we're done and dusted. I think we've done the wild geese. We've uh, we've plucked that goose. <laughs> Soaked it in water. It just came to me. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what is it, Tim <laughs> Man? Iron Man, Iron Man. This is wild goose. What does he say? It sounds like a. <laughs> he, he said something about fingering something. I can't remember. You've lost me. When he's calling from the tower, he's going, Iron Man, Iron Man, this is Wild Goose. And then he says something about it sounds like something fingering or something else. Anyway, it's... Okay, I'm going to bow to your expertise on that one. We're going to leave it at that. So join us next time. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And... Thanks for joining us, Phil, and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for another one, guys. Bye for now. Bye. You've been listening to that shit movie's quite good. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If there's a movie out there you want me to watch and review instead of mowing the bloody lawn, please, dear God, send me an email. No, I really do it. Now, just. Just make one up. <laughs>